Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 146 and a half. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee. Well, my man's not with me right now. He's back home in Las Vegas. I, I don't got cold coffee. I just got cold, man. I am uh, looking out the window here. I'm at the Westin, that is the uh, host hotel here in St. Louis. It's a little after 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm looking outside at Bush Stadium, home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And, uh, man, there was just snow coming down all over the place. Just building up on the streets, making it look like a white Christmas out there. When I landed here on Wednesday morning, it was 60 degrees. Now there's just a pot. I mean, it is coming down. It is coming down. And I'm wearing shorts. Good Lord, I'm an idiot. Good Lord, I'm an idiot. All right, look, it's a little after 2 o'clock in the morning. The post-fight party here in the bar is kind of fizzled out. Everybody's kind of heading up to their rooms. I imagine everybody's just trying to stay warm. But the fights are in the books. UFC Fight Night 124 is in the books. And it turned out to be a pretty fun night of fights. St. Louis showed up. Got to say, they represented. It wasn't a, a huge, huge crowd. But I mean, it's a big, big arena. They had the the lower bowl open and uh, 10,000 seats sold for a for a fight night card that had some changes and and uh, had some issues with the card and all that. And people still showed up. St. Louis was representing. They were loud. Uh, first time for the UFC, and UFC President Dana White says they will definitely be back. And he says, listen, we'll, we'll bring a pay-per-view at some point, man. You guys got a fight night tonight, and you represented well. Uh, we'll bring a pay-per-view. 10052 for an 800 and about $13,000 live gate was what St. Louis did. Not bad for a fight night card. So let's talk about it. In the main event, Jeremy Stevens picked up a uh, big TKO win over Duho Choi. Fantastic, fun, fun fight. At one point, I actually... Uh, I was working in the back most of the night tonight, but I did come out for that, the main event, and I uh, was observing that from cage side and actually looked over after a, one a, a particularly enticing flurry. And even USC President Dana White had his hands in the air and was clapping. The crowd was going nuts, and it was good. I think everybody on paper thought this was going to be a fun fight, and it definitely turned out to be. Duho Choi, I thought, looked great, man. You know, didn't necessarily show the rust of being away from a year. He, he looked sharp. I thought he was measuring the distance well, countering, doing all those things I thought. You know, I, I, I picked Duho Choi coming to this fight because he was doing all the things that uh, that I thought he would do, you know, showing a little bit of speed, measuring the range a little bit better. You know, Jeremy Steven kind of has that, that reckless aggression, man. He's got, you know, he's moving forward. You know that. He's coming at you and he's, he's loading up on the big shots. And, you know, meanwhile, Duho Choi was doing a good job of, Chopping at the legs, man, really causing some issues there. You can see Jeremy Stevens; it was bothering him. He's having to switch up a stance a little bit. Uh, so chopping at the legs a little bit and uh, counter punching right up the middle, using fantastic uh, range and fantastic timing and doing some damage. Won the first round, and I thought was was winning the second round as well. And then Jeremy Stevens did what Jeremy Stevens can do, which is what I said. You know, the reason I was going back and forth was going back and forth. And he finally landed that big right hand. And when it connected, Choi went down. And then Jeremy Stevens jumped on top and uh, finished the deal. It's just fantastic, man. Just uh, the accuracy and the power that he had on the ground as well. No question about it. Referee Keith Peterson waved it off. I think it was a good stoppage. Uh, if You know, watching it live, I, I didn't think it was an early stoppage. But I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe he could have had one more. But you go back and watch on replay. It's like, nope, it was the exact right time. So good stoppage from Keith Peterson there. Fantastic win from Jeremy Stevens, who scaled the cage, jumped out, went to celebrate with his family, and just a huge, huge moment for him. Uh, we didn't end up talking to Duho Choi. A lot of times the UFC will 
make the uh, the losing fighter available. But um, due to the knockout and, and due to his condition, they uh, they did not make him available to us in the media. I did hear that he was pretty pretty disappointed overall and a little bit frustrated with how things went down. But just a big big win for Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy was in uh, good spirits all week long, man. He's the, the longevity that he has, man. 11 years in the USC, you know, starting to creep up on some of those all-time records for most appearances and uh and 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 still competing at a high level and and says uh says he wants a big fight next. You know, he called out he called out Brian Ortega. Uh said he'd like that fight. Of course, Brian Ortega kind of the hot commodity in the featherweight division, but of course, not only that, he was in the building tonight, so that kind of made him an even easier target for people to call out. Um but we actually talked to Brian Ortega earlier in the night. And that's a uh, that's already up on uh, on YouTube if you want to check it out the MMA Junkie YouTube it'll be on um, it'll be on MMA Junkie as well but Brian Ortega basically said his plan right now is to um, to basically wait you know wait for uh, for Frankie Edgar to challenge Max Holloway see who wins from that and then he feels like you know he feels like he's done enough right now to be the number one contender and should be able to uh, to grab a title fight right there. He, but he did say, you know, if, if if that's not the case, then, you know, give me a fight that will get me the title shot. But, you know, let me wait. Let me see what's going on. He said he wanted to take a little time off uh, and just kind of evaluate the situation. So it, it doesn't sound like that, you know, Jeremy Stevens, uh, Brian Ortega will happen. Uh, who knows, though? There was another big fight that we'll talk about in a minute in the featherweight division, Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins, Brian Ortega might be a good fight, but uh, but we'll see. But anyway, Jeremy Stevens, big win for him. He came back, and uh, here's what he had to say about his performance. Well, Jeremy, a pretty uh, crowd-pleasing fight tonight. Very, very entertaining. How did you feel uh, it was going down? Uh, I felt like I lost the first round. Uh, I, I was having a little bit of trouble finding the distance. I kind of expected that. You know, he was going to be looking for the low kicks. Uh, you know, I was trying to cover some distance. I think just I was a little bit too loose. Uh, I had to get past that first round. I knew I had 25 minutes to work, and uh, you know, the second round. Once I was able to kind of get get the first round jitters out, you know. The whole time I'm worried about his right hand all camp, you know, this and that. And I'm like, you know what, this guy doesn't really hit that hard. Uh, I trained with Polo Reyes, who's a very hard-hitting guy tonight. I mean, he just folded somebody, and that's at 55. And, I, and uh, you know, I trained with him. So, uh, you know, we were well prepared, and I just had to get out of that first round. And, you know, I, I credit that win to, you know, I, I like to dedicate this fight to Eric Del Fierro and getting back with him and, and uh, the guys at Alliance. It's just a, it's a great family. Alliance, that's a very strong name. You know, you look up that meeting, it's it's all about family. And and uh, I listened to everything he said that second round, the one seven three two, but down your effing mouthpiece, you know, and it was just uh, it was great, man. When I looked over, you know, I, I ran out to my family, but uh, I was looking for Eric because, you know, even after my last fight, I was looking for him, and he, but he had to go uh, with Wilson, and uh, it was good, man. I, I felt like he, he guided me right into that victory. Like, if it wasn't for him, I, I don't think I would have made the adjustment. He was working your legs pretty hard early, man. Was it was it getting to you? Was it bothering you? Oh, I felt it. I did felt it. And uh, after I told him, I you know, I know he doesn't speak very good English or if any, I don't know if he doesn't even speak English, but I go, ow. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, that was it. But I don't, I don't think he understood me. But It felt like, you know, the momentum was definitely in his way. He won the first round and then he was starting out strong in the second. You know, you were kind of backing up and you got to the fence. It seemed like something just clicked all of a sudden and you came out swinging and that's when you started catching him. Was there a moment that you remember thinking like, we got to turn this thing around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was Eric. He, he bite down the mouthpiece, start closing the gap. I knew I, I knew when I was, I was kind of hitting him and touching him that he was feeling it a little bit. And once I started kind of landing, I was like, all right, smother him. Like, start taking taking more steps in and going go in more of my boxing, uh, believing in my hands. So I had to, you know, make that adjustment and start, start using my feet to c cover the distance and use my hands and, and let him feel that power. You know, I knew he was uh, he's making really good adjustments on the leg kicks and – 
And like I said, man, I'm, I'm a lot more diverse. You know, you got to worry about my hands. You got to worry about my knees. You got to worry about my kicks and, and uh, you know, the adjustments. We, we can do that inside the octagon. You know, Dominic Cruz said true champion not only makes adjustments after winning losses, but within rounds or within those little millimeters of seconds. And, and uh, you know, I can do that now. So yeah. we're ready. It seems that you have been studying yourself too much. Is that, is that exactly, you know, studying just to improve a little bit of the time? Was that? Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll have to go back and look at look at the fight and just, uh, you know, I always kind of study myself. I, I picked what I was doing good, what I, what I wasn't, you know, was I listening? Was it, was, you know, what what adjustments can I make? And, you know, every fight I come out different, you know, and, and uh, tonight was a good adjustment. Uh, There's a few mistakes that I made in there. Like I said, I'll have to go back. I blacked out after the win. So uh, I'll go back and, and, and make myself better, you know, reinvent the machine like Terminator. And in a hard division like yours, man, uh, what things are you position out you know, I'm always one shot away from the title. I feel like that's a that's a great fight over uh, a great opponent. Um, bring me someone who's close to the title. If not, you know, I'm 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 there. If somebody drops out of the title, you know, the, I, I fought both them guys. You know, Max Holloway. He he danced around and ran. He didn't fight me like he fought Jose Aldo. I feel like I can make the adjustments now. Uh, Frankie Edgar. You know, I really wasn't with the Alliance camp around that fight. I would love to go back and, and fight him again with Eric Del Fierro in my corner. I feel like I made those good adjustments, and I learned a lot from those losses. Those are very, very tough guys at the top of the division, and I had razor-close decisions with them. So, uh, you know, I'm one fight away. If not, you know, I'm, I'm right there. You know, Brian Ortega, you know, I know he was in front of me coming off a good win, a grappling win. Stylistically, I'm a striker. He's a grappler. I'm good at not getting submitted. I think that, that calls for a good fight, but he'd, he'd rather sit on his ass and wait for a paycheck. I just want a shit ton of money tonight by, by being active. So, uh, that's that's the way I want to be. If he wants to wait, fine. Who, who, who's in front of me? Let's go. Darren Elkins said he wants a number one contender fight. Do you think that's something that would? Make I already whooped Darren Elkins' ass. So it, it, that, next. <laughs> Did you think he was gonna stand and fight you? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he was gonna stand and fight me. He's one dimensional. I haven't really seen any wrestling from him, and uh, that's what we wanted. Did you feel like that if he stood in the pocket there with you long enough that you were just going to catch him? It's just a matter of time, or did you think that you'd have to like wear him down a little bit? Yeah, you know, the, the thing is kind of like with the Gilbert Melendez, I was like, man, the guy comes out and he starts brawling. I was like, you know what, if they want to do that, then sometimes I have to bite down on my mouthpiece and start twisting some hooks. And I bet against anybody, you stand in the pocket with me, you're going to either back up or go to sleep. And, you know, that's what that second round was all about. It was like, hey, dude, let's not let's not sit here and try to pick this guy apart. It's time to get dirty and, and smother this dude and let, let him start feeling some heat. So we started letting it letting it rip, and uh, that's what we do. You came out to Nelly in St. Louis. Whose choice was that, and did you feel the energy off that song? Uh, you know, I, I trained with a buddy back back at home, uh, Justin Lawrence, who's uh, from uh, St. Louis, and I asked him, hey, what's, what's a good song to come out? And he was either thinking Dirty or E.I., and then once I started playing that, remind me of high school, you know, and I was just like, oh, that's like so Midwest. I mean, that Nelly was like around in high school, like everybody was bumping it on the corner. You heard his people just beating the beats. It was Nelly and 50 Cent. Those were like the two most hardest rappers that were just out like everybody was bumping it so uh i knew that would get the crowd going and it'd get me going and uh you know i i, I knew being a an american over here that that they're they going to be on my side and i wanted to give them a show give them this is about entertainment as well and uh you know there, there's levels and you know I, I feel like we were on all all on high cylinders tonight and uh putting it out there you seem to really embrace the city of st louis the whole time you've been here and we'll open up with, with Media Day, as he just mentioned, Nelly. Um, just open up in a new market. 
Did you feel kind of like the pressure to put on a good performance and UFC debut in this market and you paid white in this card? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm from Iowa originally, man. And, uh, you know, this is January. This is the time where you got to have fights here in the Midwest when it's cold and everybody's sitting inside, you know, and uh, not to brag or boast, but, you know, my style is exciting. I've been I've been knocking guys since I was 16 years old and uh, people are always like, man, you're exciting, you're exciting. And that's something that I don't try to be. That's just me. So I, I, I knew the Midwest fans are going to show me some love, and, and uh, it, it's good to be around here in the, in, in the cold and embracing that. You know, I got my long johns on and, and all that in the, the winter, so I, I, I love going hunting back home in, in, in the cold. I really just love that stuff, so uh, I embrace it. And you know what? Later on, now that I'm getting later on in my years, I'm really not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not – I'm having too good of a time today. I'm being in the now, you know, so sitting here talking to you guys is what I'm really enjoying. And just uh, getting my name out there even more and more. You know, this is almost 11 years in this company. And uh, I'm just grateful and enjoying the process and just being in the moment. It's amazing. So Jeremy Stevens with the uh, emphatic victory. Very entertaining stuff, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the co-main event, the adjusted co-main event, turned out to be Jessica Rose Clark picking up a unanimous decision win over Paige Van Zandt. Pretty pretty convincing victory here, Jessica Rose Clark. You know, I, I had picked her coming into this fight as well. I just thought the size difference was going to be a little bit too much for Paige. Uh, you know, you've got a former bantamweight going against a former strawweight. You know, competing in the flyweight division. And Paige is, uh, you know, it's. I think she's in a tough spot because, you know, she says that that cut down to 115 was killing her. And she can't do it anymore. I mean, there's some pretty dramatic footage. And, and she's saying, listen, I just can't keep doing this to my body. But, you know, I don't know if the, if she's going to have size to compete against those the Bantamweights that are going to be cutting down to 125. So that puts her in a very, very tough spot. But uh, Paige Van Zandt, I mean, what can you what can you say about her toughness? I mean, uh, I don't think they showed it on the broadcast. I'm not sure. I was watching this one in the back while I was working, and they have a house feed that stays live. Uh, there are no commercials, basically. And so it stayed live after the end of the second round, and, and Paige sat down and said, I broke my right arm in the first. I mean, just very calmly, no panic, um, but she knew she had broken her right arm in the first round. She's telling her corner that after the second. And, you know, to me, it just shows her durability. It really does. She's, she's since posted pictures of the, of the x-ray. You can see it's a severe break. Um, but for her to continue fighting on, I mean, listen, uh, I'm sure adrenaline helped her out a little bit, but that had to be in a lot of pain. And for her to keep fighting, I think you, you can't question her, her heart or her toughness. I know, you know, people like to give her a hard time because she was given so much by the UFC and, and, and attention and spotlight, you know, and, and, and people sometimes say undeservedly so. And that's fine. You can still make that argument. But the, 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 the toughness to fight through a broken arm and to keep going, much respect. And, and I'll tell you, literally just right now while we were playing the, uh, the Jeremy Stevens interview, uh, Paige walked out uh, into the hotel room and here into the lobby. And uh, she's got her arm in uh, what looked like a sling. I couldn't tell if there was a cast on it. It's a little far away. But there was a fan there that wanted to get some autographs and uh, and take some pictures. And she was, like, more than willing. She's like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, I'm going to have to sign it left-handed. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool, man, that uh, even in that condition, uh, she's willing to spend some time with some fans that are kind of hanging out here in the hotel lobby uh, to get a little memorabilia. So cool stuff there, man. I think she deserves respect. But I do think she's in a tough spot in that flyweight division. Um so we'll see what she does moving forward. Doesn't sound like she wants to make those cuts anymore. Meanwhile, Jessica Rose Clark picked up a, a big win for her, the biggest win of her career in terms of name recognition, that's for sure. Jessica Rose Clark has come in and picked up uh, two wins here in the UFC in pretty quick succession, so good for her. Um, and what a tough week it was for her. You know, and she kind of admitted it afterwards. You know, earlier this week 
I'm sure you saw the reports by now. Her, her home was broken into in Las Vegas, stole $30,000 worth of stuff, and then to just, I mean, to just go past that into ridiculous realm, kicked her cat so hard uh, that it had internal injuries that forced the cat to be put down. Like, you sick son of a... Ugh. I mean, breaking into somebody's house and stealing their stuff is bad enough. You know what I mean? But stuff can be replaced. We got insurance. You know, we'll make money. We'll buy stuff. But, you know, animal cruelty and killing somebody's pet... Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's just <sighs> disgusting, man. I hope they find these people. But uh, Jessica Rose Clark, you know, we asked her earlier in the week, hey, listen, you know, did you think about pulling out? I mean, gosh, you know, you had to be a little uh, distracted. And, and, and she kept a, uh, you know, she kept a, a, a stiff upper lip, if you will. She said, no, nah, I'm good, you know. I've got a task at hand, and that's what I came here to do. Um, but afterwards, you know, she did admit, yeah, this was – this was tough. You know, this was very, very hard behind the scenes. And um, it was a very, very difficult week for me. And so she was pretty proud of herself. So uh, a big win for Jessica Rose Clark. She did say that she thought uh, Paige Van Zant was being a little dramatic with her uh, complaints of a broken arm. That was before we had seen the x-rays. We now know that there's uh, nothing nothing dramatic about that. She definitely has a, uh, a broken arm. So... Uh, maybe she'll regret that comment. And it does look like it came from that spinning back fist that they played on the uh, on the broadcast where the, 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 the forearm basically ended up striking the head and, and breaking it. So um, big win for Jessica Rose Clark. You know, she said, listen, she's going to take a little time. Of course, she made her debut in November in Australia, and then now she was able to uh, to get the, another decision win here. So she's going to take a little time, figure things out, process things a little bit. And then she'll figure out where she goes next. You know, there's so many options in that flyweight division. People still kind of settling in and figuring out where they belong. So uh, after that, it was, well, before that, but after that on the card. Well, we'll just say before that. I just screwed up. Kamaru Usman picked up a, a, a decision win over Emil Meek. Dominant decision win for Kamaru Usman. Uh, Emil Meek is uh, definitely a talented guy. And I think, you know, he's still got big things ahead of him in his future. Um, but this was just not his night in Usman's wrestling was clearly superior, um, and, and he demonstrated that throughout. So, you know, it, it was uh, it was a grappling-heavy fight. Um, USC President Dana White admitted afterwards he didn't really care for it, um, wasn't really all that thrilled with how it played out, and, you know, didn't think even that Usman uh, deserved a fight with Colby Covington. So, you know, that's the fight that Usman wants, and, and, and USC President Dana White just said, listen, man, you know, Covington just beat Damian Maia, and then, you know, you're you're eking it out over Emil Mech and, and not being exciting about it. And then, you know, made the comments about being, you know, 30%, which he, he later clarified he meant, you know, he'd been dealing with some injuries and some sickness and some other things. But uh, it, it didn't uh, didn't didn't go well with the crowd. He, to be honest with you, they booed him uh, as he was standing there on the mic. And, um, it's, man, it's weird. Like, Usman is now 7-0 and in the UFC. Dominant. I mean, he's dangerous. He's got an incredible record, uh, but it, it, people don't seem to be gravitating towards him. I I like the guy. I think he's got some personality. Um, I kind of like the swagger. You know, it's I, I get why people hate Colby Covington, for instance. Like I understand his his uh, kind of over the top shtick, if you will, um, rubs people the wrong way. 
Um, I, you know, I think Usman, meanwhile, is is confident. You know, he's not being he's not talking trash. He's um, but he's telling you, look, I'm going to be dominant. You know, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to dominate you every round. And uh, he continues to win, but uh, you know, doesn't necessarily seem to resonate with the fans. I don't know, but uh, Cameron Usman, I, I mean, I. I personally would like to see the fight with Colby Covington. I, I think it does make sense. It sounds like uh, Rafael Dos Anjos is going to be next for Tyron Woodley. That's what Dana said on the post-fight broadcast tonight. Now, we talked to Tyron tonight as well. Tyron doesn't think that that's the fight that should be next. Um, he's holding out hope that George St. Pierre comes back and fights at welterweight. Uh, if Tyron, that, that There's a long interview with Tyron. The local media um, definitely still very, very interested in Tyron. So they, Even though they didn't take part in most of the interviews through the night, they took part in that one. So it's a, it's a pretty lengthy interview, but uh, the, my my stuff with him is in the very beginning. Excuse me. And he says, you know, he's holding out for for George St. Pierre, and he's like, listen, don't don't hate on me. You can call it the money fight if you want, but you know, I want I want that for my legacy. I want to beat him. Uh, you know, and he thinks he's coming back, and he'd have, he'll have a chance to do it. So uh, he thinks that the welterweight division still needs a few more contender fights that need to shake out before he knows who's next. It doesn't sound like that's what UFC President Dana White thinks. Um, so it sounds like RDA will be next. And if that's the case, then I don't see why you wouldn't make Usman and Covington. Now, Usman said maybe he'd like to be the coach on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and if you don't think he's good TV, if you don't think he's exciting, maybe you don't. But, I mean, there is a clash there. There is a rivalry there. And um, I kind of like the idea. I mean, maybe they're not big enough names to be coaches on the Ultimate Fighter. And you could certainly make that argument. I mean, Usman and Covington, not you know, worldwide known superstars, but they're certainly relevant names in the welterweight division. So I don't know. I was kind of surprised that Dana was so dismissive of the idea because I don't see, you know, a lot of other fights for either guy. And I think that would be um, a good way to, to kind of sort it out between them, especially if you know RDA's neck. So anyway, uh, we'll let Usman make his case. We'll let you, let, 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 let him tell you what he thinks. And then uh, you can be the judge. Obviously, first, uh, congratulations on a dominant win for you tonight. Overall, how did you uh, how did you feel about your performance? You know, it's, I wasn't I wasn't happy with it. It's not what I would have wanted, but uh, you know, as you know, as I said, uh, I came in at about thirty percent. But you know, I wanted to give him the opportunity to to get the fight. He said uh, he said a lot of things to, and I know he was trying to get that fight, which you know he did. But I ducked nobody. I'm here to fight any and everybody because I believe that I am the best. And even at 30%, you saw what I was capable of. I can take a guy down and break his will and dominate him from start to finish. You you look pretty intense tonight, man. It looked like you were, was this, did this kind of end up being kind of a personal, emotional fight for you? Uh, not really. It's all business when I get in there. I, I mean, he said some things that rubbed me the wrong way, but when I step in there, it's all business. I don't fight with emotions. As I mentioned, I don't do this because I can't do anything else, that this is absolutely it for me. I can do something else, but I choose to do this solely because of competition, because I want to prove that I am the best and I am the best. I think we were surprised to hear that 30% comment that you made. Can you elaborate on that? Did you come in with injuries or what happened? I came with a lot of different things, uh, but there's just a lot of things that happened throughout the span, as you guys know, fight being moved, fight being canceled, fight being back on, not knowing when you're going to fight, if and when you're, if and or you're even going to fight. You know, there are a lot of different things, and I was sick for a long, long time. Even coming in here, I still had a little bit lingering, but 
I wanted to give him the opportunity to really test his luck because he felt that, oh, well, I could come in and beat the number 10 in the world, being, which I, I think I'm top five in the world. But even at 30%, I can go in and dominate a guy from start to finish. And you guys have seen me at close to 80%. My last fight, I was close to 80%. And you guys know how dangerous I am. So are you going to need time off now to, to heal and rest? Or what's, what's the plan look like? I, I, not necessarily, but what I really want is Kobe Covington has been running his mouth. He has no one, no, no one to fight right now. He's not getting the Fatara and Willie fight. Let, let's put up or shut up. Let me and him, you know, let me and him coach tough. Who wouldn't be interested in seeing that? Me and him coach tough. And then at the end of it, me and him settle the score once and for all to see who was that number one contender. After RDA, it looks like RDA is going to fight the champ when the champ is back. So, you know what? Put up or shut up. Let's coach tough. And at the end, let me beat you up, and then we can settle it. And you think that'd be enough for a title shot? Absolutely. I'm going to finish him first round. Uh, I asked Emil about your comment about the 30%, and he called it bullshit. What's your comment on that? He can't say bullshit. <laughs> I just dominated him from start to finish. How can you say bullshit? You're not me. I'm me. He's seen what I can do. I can knock him out if I want to knock him out. But I came in at 30%. I wasn't myself dealing with a lot of different things. But even dealing with those things, I dictate how the fight goes. I said that before the fight, and that's what happened in the fight. If I'm hurt, guess what? I can switch up and do something else. If I want to keep the fight standing, I can keep the fight standing. If I want to bring it down to the mat, I can do it in a heartbeat. Was it important to you to bring it down to the ground? You did it after like 20 seconds or so? Um, not necessarily important. It's just... It, it was, it was difficult initially to kind of find what I wanted to find and set up the things that I wanted to set up. But he put himself there. You can't, you can't get overly aggressive with someone like me. If you step in too close, I can take you down in a heartbeat. You, if you stay at range, I can pick you apart. So he did what he thought he needed to do, which was rush in and try to get aggressive. But there's a risk in doing that, especially with a guy like me. And that's being put on your back and beaten up for 15 minutes. Did it come with anything that then that you didn't expect? Anything that surprised you? Um, uh, no, nothing. He was aggressive. I knew he was gonna be aggressive. And you know, he uh he said he worked on his wrestling a lot, but as you can see, it doesn't matter if you work on your wrestling, you can't you can't you can't control what's gonna happen against me. I can out wrestle the best wrestlers that think they're the best wrestlers in there. That spinning elbow in the in the second round. How did you see that? Uh, I didn't see that, so that's yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know. Um, yeah, he, he, he caught me slipping. He caught me slipping. Uh, he, uh, I think he threw a kick. I, I uh, obviously blocked it, got it out of the way, but I stepped in with my hand down and he, and he caught me. But, you know, it didn't, it just stunned me momentarily, kind of got caught me off balance, but I was right there. It didn't hurt me or anything like that. And you mentioned that there were certain things that irritated you before the fight. Which comment or... or yeah, he, he, he tried to say that I was trying to duck him, which I wasn't. He, he was sending me DMs saying, hey, you know, even before the fight was canceled the first time. Hey, I can't get my visa. It's looking like I won't get my visa. Can we do this? Uh, I'm like, no, we can't do that. Like, why should I accommodate you? I'm the number 10 guy in the world. You want to fight me. And I'm giving you that opportunity. And you want me to move the fight for you? Come on, let's get real here. And so 
once I told him, yeah, you know what, better luck next time. You know, hopefully maybe next time you can get up there and, and we'll maybe make the fight happen again. He started saying, oh, I'm trying to get out of the fight. I'm trying to duck him and things like that. I don't duck anybody. At 30%, you saw that skill breakdown. At 30%, I can dominate a fight from start to finish. What do you think about the reaction from the audience uh, after the fight? I don't know. I can't really hear the audience. I, When I step in there, I just tone deaf. I, I drown everyone out. I can't really hear the audience. So what, what was the reaction? A they booed they a, little? a little bit. Hey, they can boo all they want, but guess what? They're not the one that's in the cage. <laughs> I'm the one that's in the cage. Let's put any one of them in the cage locked in with me. Let's see who boos. What do you have to say about, I guess, like the naysayers and going for blue style fighting? had a problem with the style fight you had. Did you do the strategy tonight? Uh, it just shows how versatile I am. If I want to stand and bang, I can stand and bang. You guys have seen that in my last three fights. I can keep a fight standing and just beat someone up from start to finish. If I want to knock a guy out, I can do that. If I want to grind a guy out, I can do that. Who has the wide range like I am? Like I said it for a reason. I am the most dangerous and well-rounded welterweight on the planet, which is why all of the top 10 guys keep refusing this fight. They know that if I want to grind, I can take him down and grind him out. They know if I want to stand and bang, I can stand and bang. They know if I want to knock him out, I can do that as well. So no one has the range that I am. I can control the fight from start to finish, and I can win the fight any way possible. How good was it for you to make a statement here in the home of the current welterweight champion in St. Louis with him actually in attendance? <laughs> um, it, it felt good. Um, obviously, probably not the statement that I would have wanted to make, but me and him, you know, we know each other. We're cool. Um, he, he, you know, he knew some, I probably had some things going on that, you know, he probably knew about. I mean, he just had shoulder surgery himself. So, you know, we, we get along great. We're cool. When that time comes, he knows that when that time comes, we will uh, talk about that. But for right now, we can be friends. All right. The Nigerian nightmare. He's, uh, he's focused. He's determined. Uh, he did have some stitches over his eye. He had some sunglasses on. If you end up looking at the video, his lip was busted up a little bit. So, uh, Emil Mech did a little bit of damage in there. Mech was disappointed. He actually came back. Uh, there were there were a couple of Norwegian journalists here. Learned learned this week that Emil Mech, uh, his popularity in, in Norway is, is, I was told he's one of Norway's most popular athletes. Um, there were a couple of journalists that came here to cover him, so they ended up talking to him uh, in Norwegian afterwards, and he was he was definitely disappointed. Um, I talked to him just briefly, and he was he was bummed out. Uh, about the result, but you know, I I, I kind of said all week long going in, you know, the the, the journalist from Norway actually asked, interviewed me a couple times, and kind of asked me what my thought was, and I said, look, man, this is a, this is a tough ask for Mech at this point in his career, but you know, sometimes you need those fights where you get a taste of that next level, uh, and, and realize what it's going to take to get you there, and, and maybe that's what will happen for him. So I don't know, we'll see what happens with Usman. I I, I like the guy. So, so, seems like uh, he's public enemy number one to some people. Uh, another guy you can't help but like, Darren Elkins, picking up the submission win over Michael Johnson. Another comeback win for Darren Elkins. Was having trouble early with Michael Johnson. Oh, man, Michael Johnson, you know, was so stoked to be fighting in St. Louis. Um, you know, I I'm not going to make excuses for him. I know he's certainly not going to want to make excuses. Um, we did talk to him earlier in the week, and he admitted he was getting sick. He was he was sniffling and coughing a little bit. Um so he he was dealing with a little bit of illness, and I know he'll probably never say that, but it was just something I noticed um, that, that he was dealing with a little illness. He admitted, like, yeah, I'm 
getting a little bit sick. But, you know, I, I certainly didn't think that was the issue here. Uh, Johnson came out looking good. You know, that, that 145 cut didn't seem to be as bad as everybody thought it might be. I mean, he, he, even he admitted he was scared. Um, he came out looking good. He was fast. He was moving well. And then the second round, even when he got in that bad position, I thought he was fighting the hands pretty well, defending the rear naked choke. And then it was just like all of a sudden, you know, Elkins got the arm through and, and, and Michael Johnson's pushing on the elbow, you know, instead of trying to pull back the hands. And I don't know, it was just, it was weird, man. I, I thought it was kind of just odd. I thought he was doing okay, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. So, man, just a, a frustrating result for Michael Johnson, who just can't seem to buy a break. Um, is definitely a talented fighter, but the record's not reflecting it right now. So it'll be interesting to see what his next move is. Meanwhile, Darren Elkins came in and just another comeback win. This dude is so fun to watch. And seems to just be getting better you know admitted to us before that uh after a couple losses he, he you know he had, he was thinking about retiring he thought maybe he didn't have it anymore and um thought maybe it was time to, to hang it up but you know now he's on an incredible win streak six fights in a row a couple of comeback wins in there the guy just won't go away the guy just won't go away so it's uh it's incredible to see the run that, that he's been on and what he's been able to accomplish so uh now again he was calling out Brian Ortega as well, and uh, I kind of like that fight. I, I kind of think that's the fight to make. I don't blame Ortega for sitting around and waiting. I don't think that's a bad idea. And, hell, you know, if you're going to sit around and wait, you might as well make sure you stay in shape, right? I mean, what if something happens to Holloway and Edgar, or Holloway or Edgar, I should say, uh, you know, in the lead-up to the fight? Sure wouldn't be bad to be in shape and, and uh, have your phone on and be willing to answer it if, if they needed somebody to step in. Now, you know, would they try to reschedule it? Would they try to do something? You know, you, you never know. You just never know what the situation is going to dictate. Um, but I don't blame Ortega for wanting to sit around and wait. I think that's probably smart business just to see what happens. Um, but if, 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 if that fight does go on as planned, um, then I wouldn't mind seeing Ortega and Darren Elkins. I think that's probably the fight to make. Uh, and <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I was talking to Team Alpha Male guys, and they got Josh Emmett in there too who – uh, wants that fight and, and as well and was supposed to have the fight. But uh, basically, Brian Ortega said uh, he, he couldn't do it. He had just come off a vacation in Mexico. and um, The timing wasn't right, um, for one thing. And number two, you know, he definitely wants somebody further ranked. So um, kind of a funny situation for those Team Alpha Male guys to be in. But um, I, I think that would definitely be the fight to make. But uh, another big win for Darren Elkins. And um, the guy's just fun to watch. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't beat that. To come back like that. And, uh, and score himself another $50,000 for uh, a performance of the night. Got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, that was the main card. Of course, the main card fight that we didn't get um, was supposed to be Uriah Hall uh, versus Vitor Belfort. And Uriah Hall passed out, basically, um, right before the weigh-ins. Uh, I was told... He was only a pound away. Everything was going okay. There were no real concerns. And then his team was on the way down to the weigh-ins, and he passed out and um, was unresponsive. And I, I've, I've talked to a few different people that were there that witnessed it firsthand and said it was one of the scariest, scariest things they've ever seen in their life. And more than one person told me they feared for his life, that they were afraid he was going to die, um, which is – scary 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 shit um thankfully he's okay now he went to the hospital was treated um he's got some kidney uh, he was he was having some kidney issues 
Um, those have been treated. He's okay now. Uh, he stayed overnight for observation, came back to the hotel uh, here, and uh, I don't think he flew home tonight. I know they were trying to get him home as quickly as they could, um, but I don't think he left tonight. But um, some interesting decisions for him ahead. Again, th there was no indication that anything was wrong until it was very, very, very wrong. Um, and he's a guy that, I, I, you know, I don't know if he's got the size to compete at 205, but at the same time, you know, like, it's not like the dude's carrying around a lot of body fat. So what adjustments does he need to make? And, if, and of course, mentally, how's how's he going to feel at, uh, you know, when he goes to start making another weight cut? I mean, certainly fear has got to be in him that, you know, he he avoided danger but, but doesn't want to risk it again. I mean, ah, it's a bad position, man. And, um, you know, I, I played his audio earlier this week, uh, you know, just enjoyed him, you know, his – Sometimes a little prickly with the media, but he was actually fun to be around and was embracing it. Um, and then has this happen to him. So um, very, very, very frustrating there. I uh, should say, too, there was similar fate. Zach Cummings had a freak accident as well. Um, he fell in the sink or fell in the bathtub, I should say, the night before and hit his head on a, a handrail, essentially, and cut himself open pretty bad. Uh, bled everywhere. They said that uh, they <laughs> I was basically told I ran into Tim Elliott the other night. Uh, having a having a frosty beverage or two, and um, you know they they were saying the room looked like a, a damn crime scene, um, with the amount of blood that the guy lost. So uh, Dana White did touch on that, and uh, Zach Cummings was uh, was at the fight tonight and wanted to get booked right away, but obviously there's a little bit of concern there. Uh, meanwhile, you know back to Vitor, uh, we did find out tonight that uh, they tried to save the fight. They tr they they tried to get. Uh, a couple of fights for Vitor Belfort, and he turned them both down. Uh, Carl Roberson uh, was willing to take the fight on a day's notice, and then Brad Tavares also volunteered to fight him next week in Boston. Um, and Vitor Belfort turned down both fights. I guess understandably so. I mean, he was pretty emotional. You know, I, I didn't talk to him after the, the fight was canceled, but the, the folks at Globo did, and I, and I talked to them, um, and they, they said he was just pretty much beside himself and shocked, didn't know how to handle things, and um, you know, I can imagine it's a difficult moment. You know, you're, you're trying to move on to the next stage in your career. You're trying to put uh, the final chapter, so to speak, of your fighting career. And then that happens. Like, what a weird non-ending to an ending, right? I mean, just bizarre. So uh, I kind of get why he would turn it down, but it's a little frustrating, I guess, as well. But, um, I mean, I know the fans wanted to see him fight. Uh, his his management did indicate Belém, you know, fighting in Brazil and Belém would be too soon. Um, they're trying to get the fight with uh, with Michael Bisping in London, but it sounds like Michael Bisping's not interested. Number one and number two, like I, I don't know if March is enough time for Michael Bisping to be ready. I mean, right? We just had the back-to-back -back losses, and we worried that it was too quick of a turnaround. I don't know that we don't need to give Michael Bisping's brain a little time to heal anyway uh, before the fight. So. We'll see what happens with Vitor. Uh, you know, there is going to be a, a Brazil event, and it's it's either May, late May or early June. It may be late May. Um, and, uh, you know, it should certainly makes sense to allow him to fight in Brazil. He sells a lot of tickets down there. He gets a lot of attention down there. Um, the UFC's broadcast partners would certainly appreciate it, I'm sure. Uh, so we'll see. Um, Let's do this. Let's, let's hear from Dan White. Dan White did come back afterwards, and he did uh, speak to us briefly in a scrum. 
And uh, let's play that audio now. You can hear uh, a number of topics, including some of the ones we just talked about. You'll also hear uh, a little bit about uh, the Conor McGregor situation, the uh, Tony Ferguson Habib never made a fight, which uh, does seem like it will happen April 7th in Brooklyn. Uh, that is all the rumblings around here. Uh, it does sound like if Conor McGregor stays true to his word, uh, he'll be stripped of the lightweight title. He'll look to return in September. Can't blame that guy either. He just had to put $100 million in the bank. Maybe he wants to take a little time. So it looks like Habib and Tony will probably be fighting for the undisputed lightweight title. And then Conor McGregor, when he comes back in September, if he comes back in September, would get the first crack at the title. Um, interesting that he says September uh, is when he's targeting because that's also when the UFC is talking about going to Russia, uh, which, you know, I've got to think that if Habib wins, you know, Habib and uh, Conor McGregor in Russia would be pretty damn spectacular. Now, if Tony Ferguson wins, uh, I can't imagine they'd do Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor in Russia, but uh, who knows? Strange things happen. But, you know, they can always put a hold in the arena and then, and then give it up. Wow, there's some revelry going on here. Somebody celebrate. <laughs> Good times. Always fun time to hang out in the hotel lobby after uh, after a USC event. All right, let's do this. Let's play the audio from uh, Dana White so you can get caught up with everything the USC president had to say. Listen, um, I was a little surprised. He has some harsh words for Uriah Hall. Um, you know, has some harsh words for Uriah Hall. Has some harsh words for Kamaru Usman. So even though he was in a good mood, uh, he certainly wasn't holding back on some of his thoughts. Well, Dana. Yeah. Pretty fun main event to, uh, yeah. to wrap up the night. What did you think about that fight? I figured if that fight was bad, I, I just don't even know how it was possible. It's just I knew that was going to be a fun fight. I didn't know how long it was going to go, but awesome. What did you think about Stevens? I mean, look, Choi looked, I thought, very good early, coming out, you know, being a year off, that sort of thing. It looked like yeah. he was controlling, and then Stevens just turned the tie. What did you think yeah. about Choi, number one? He looked great. Choi looked fast. Uh, he, uh, the leg kicks, he was chewing up that front leg uh, so bad that he was actually, Stevens was switching up. Um, and then, you know, Jeremy punches like a truck, man, and he's got a great chin because Choi hit him with some great shots, too. He took him and, uh, yeah, and won the fight. You know, we were just talking outside. He was saying how he's been here for 11 years. You know how tough you got to be to be here for 11 years? It's, you know, he's a tough guy. No doubt. This was a fun card, I think, from start to finish, but we had some, the, the week was kind of weird. I wanted to ask you about Uriah Hall. Um, yeah. kind of, you know, have you had actually just saw Zach Cummins out in the hallway, too, with stitches in the back of his head, and, you know, he wants to turn right around and fight. He, his, his, uh, he, to he told me my CAT scan was perfect, but I don't like the idea of a guy who got knocked out by a tub you know, it's not even it's not even the fight. It's the sparring that he would have to do to get ready for his next fight. I think he needs to take a little time off and I told him we'd talk about it. And, you know, you know, you know how fighters are. He's obviously such a goofy, you know, accident. He's so upset and wants to fight. But uh, I think he needs to take a little time. Yeah. And then you? Uriah Hall, you know, I have a very long relationship with Uriah. I like him very much personally. But the guys at the at the PI, the UFC PI, said he's the he's the most uh, you know what's the word? He's he's the most uh, uh, he doesn't take it serious. He doesn't take his training serious. He doesn't do what anybody tells him. He does his own thing. A week before the fight, he went to LA and was hanging out in LA in clubs and stuff. So uh, not good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him. He texted me tonight. Yeah, he's back at his room. You know, obviously, you know, he's not good. And and if you don't cut weight the right way and you don't do what you're supposed to do, 
this is what happens, you know. Dana, talk about the crowd in St. Louis. They were into it from the start. The crowd was yeah. awesome in St. Louis. I, it, this place is so great, man. I love the crowd. And uh, the whole place was screaming to me to bring a pay-per-view back here, and we will absolutely bring a pay-per-view back here. This place was awesome, and, uh, yeah, I loved it. I what loved kind of, it. What kind of timetable were we looking at for that? Well, we haven't left yet, so. Uh, <laughs> we we, 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 we got to keep you here? We, we can let we, you leave. When we leave yeah, we'll be back next weekend. <laughs> you know, when we leave and, and uh, you know, you know, get further on in the year and start planning new dates, definitely St. Louis is is, uh, is in the books. You know, one of the great things that I loved about this city is, you know, obviously it was a rough week for us, like we were talking about with the card changes. Not only did it not affect, the, the, the ticket sales went up. They didn't go down. There was no returns. And, you know, this, this city wanted the UFC, and they were an awesome crowd tonight. And uh, I, I will uh, reciprocate with, with, with a pay-per-view, and we'll be back. What an incredible moment, the return of Matt Hughes. Can you just take us through kind of putting that together, keeping it under wraps, just yeah. the whole thing? It was super emotional for me. You know, the, Matt Hughes is a guy, much like Chuck Liddell, that's been to my house on holidays, and my kids hang with his kids. And, um, you know, we kind of – grew up together in this sport and uh you know tonight was a big night for me and, and dan lambert the people in mma know who dan lambert is but he's very close to matt hughes tonight so uh you know we've kind of been keeping each other in the loop through this whole you know horrible tragedy that happened with him and and for the three of us tonight to be together and and matt's wife it, it was awesome very very cool have you talked to Vitor yet? i haven't seen her talk to Vitor yet but We'll get Vitor a fight. He was talking about maybe fighting in London. Yeah, I know that's the fight he wants. He wants to fight Bisming in London. So. And do you want? That's the fight he wants. Yeah. No, do you oh, I don't know. We'll see. What I, you know, I still got to get back home and get in the room and figure it out. But I'm not opposed to it. No. What about like his um, show money? Did he get any or like? No. We offered him a fight tonight. Vitor could have fought tonight. We got him a fight and offered him a fight. He turned it down. We also got him a fight in Boston. And he turned that down too. Can you tell us? I guess who wants to Yeah, I don't. Mick and those guys know. I just got back from vacation. So, um, yeah. But yeah, we, we, we offered. Vitor could have fought tonight. He turned it down. So. He didn't want to fight in Boston either. And he didn't want to fight in Boston either. But then, uh, talking about the weight problems you have, uh, we have the numbers you know, of the uh, fighters that didn't make the weight since the early weighing you started. It's about 51 fighters. Uh, don't you think that's too much? Don't you think that's time to rethink about that? Or the no, what, what I think, what I think they need to think about is fight at 205. Fight at 205 or or show up and, and do what you're supposed to do. There, there's ways to cut weight properly and safely. You need to start doing that. You know, these. that's why... We are encouraging everybody to come to the to the UFC Performance Institute. These guys down there, all the people that go there and do what they're told to do and do it the right way, cut weight safely, and you know, um, the guys who don't listen, this is what happens. And much like the Kelvin Gastelums and and the Johnny Hendricks and a lot of other people out there, if you can't make that weight, then fight at a higher weight division. Dan, kind of on that note, when we were talking with Ty in here earlier. Uh, the welterweight division, there's a lot of questions about who gets the next fight, that kind of thing. Have you thought about, or what kind of consideration do you give to maybe eliminating rankings? Because it seems like guys just want the money fight, not fighting number one contender, number two contender. Is the, that the, the only reason that there's money fights mm -hmm. is because of the rankings. Guy gets up into the into the top ten, then a guy breaks into the top five. When a guy breaks into the top five, that's when everybody's interested in him. You know what I mean? Um, 
And guys talk about money fights. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, you know what's a money fight? Any fight with Conor McGregor is a money fight. Um, you know, there's certain people, Ronda Rousey, any fight with Ronda Rousey is a money fight. Build yourself into a star and you won't be talking about money fights. You know, it's getting to a point where Conor McGregor has exploded and become so huge that, you know, this whole money fight thing came about. And, and, and even if you're not fighting Conor McGregor, you want to be on Conor McGregor's card. Become a star. Don't, don't, don't worry about fighting Conor McGregor or fighting on Conor McGregor's card. Become a star yourself. Speaking of, yeah. Can I ask you about the, the Meek versus Usman fight? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it wasn't fun. It wasn't? Or no, it wasn't fun. I didn't think it was fun. Uh, they were booing through the whole thing, through his whole speech at the end. And, uh, you know, the guy's tough. He's very good. Um, uh, but I, 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 I didn't think it was a great fight. What were you expecting? Um, I, I always expect the guys not to push up against the fence and lay on the ground and, and not try to do damage and finish them. I mean, Usman's calling out, you know, calling out top guys. You just fought a guy that wasn't ranked and went to a decision and the people were booing you at the end. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's the right time to call a guy out after you just had a fight where they're booing you out of the stadium. He said he'd like to fight Covington and maybe they could be tough coaches. Would you be, you know? think about that. I mean, they've got a little beef between each other. Would, would that be something you'd consider? Yeah, I just don't think either one of those guys have done anything to really, you know, cement themselves as, as tough coaches right now. Although beating Damian Maya is a very big deal. Very big deal. Um, and uh, after Usman's fight tonight, I, I just don't see those guys, as, you know. What were your thoughts on, on Meek's performance? Who? Uh, I mean, Meek. How do you think he performed? Yeah, I, listen, I thought everybody looked good tonight. I, would, I wasn't crazy about the Usman fight, but Usman did what he does, and, you know, he won the fight. But, yeah, I thought everybody looked good. Dana, we saw some reports this week about Habib and Tony Ferguson maybe fighting April 7th in Brooklyn. Are you able to confirm whether or not that's the, the plan or the target right now? Did, did we put out a press release? You guys have not put out a press oh, okay. release, then but then there were some reports. Then I probably can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what about Amanda and Cyborg? What is the situation? Yeah, that's the fight that I want to do. That's that's the fight that I want. So we're working on it. That's the fight. Amanda wants to fight her. And, you know, we're finally in a position where, um, you know, we can give Cyborg big fights, big fights with big name people and money fights. <laughs> she was campaigning though, you know, to say that she doesn't want to fight Amanda, that she wants you to bring more girls to the 145 division to develop. If, if there were more girls in the 145 division, I'd be doing it. You know what I mean? If there were people that, you have to understand too, the, the, uh, at the end of the day, people want to see tough fights. And, and I just gave, uh, you know, Cyborg probably her toughest fight. In MMA, and now Amanda Nunes is no joke, and she wants to go. Originally, you know, want to talk about 145 pounders? She was a 145 pound fighter. She was brought into Strike Force to fight Cyborg. So, you know, it's just happening a little later than everybody had planned. And Amanda's ready, and uh, that's the fight everybody wants to see. There are some rumors about a card in Brazil in May. Is there anything you can tell us about it? Did we put out a press release about it? <laughs> <laughs> then I probably shouldn't talk about it. Where, what, what, where does the McGregor uh, Mayweather fight rank on your career accolades list? Ah, financially huge. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it was a, it was a crazy fight to make. You know, 
people wanted to see it. We made it. Financially, it's it's the biggest thing ever. If you listen to the weasel um, from Showtime and his bullshit, uh, you know, first of all, they were only involved in, in the American pay-per-view side of it. But as far as, you know, the fight overall, it's the biggest boxing event ever, ever. And one of the guys wasn't a boxer. So would you do it again? No, I don't want to do it again. Um, I heard that Floyd Mayweather showed up last night at, at one of the nightclubs in Vegas with a Conor McGregor T-shirt on. Um, you know, and I know these guys have been talking shit, but I want uh, I, I want Conor to, you know, start training again and come back and, and defend his title. What do you think about talk, uh, talking uh, about cyber boxing against Cecilia Brekus? I don't like that either. I <laughs> would like to see her fight Amanda and, uh, yeah. you know. I, I've been talking about getting into boxing lately, but I want to see boxers fight boxers. I don't want to see mixed martial artists fight mixed martial artists. I, I know you've been on vacation, but are we any closer to having resolution with Connor, knowing that you know is he committing to a time? Yeah, no, we, we we haven't committed to to a time yet. But you know, as long as Connor wants to fight, still, you know, Connor and I always get it done. You know, um, you know, you know how Connor is. Connor wants to do things on his time and and when he wants to do it. And, and, and that's fine. You know, I always say it. I respect the kid so much for what he has has accomplished and what he's brought. But if he's not ready to go when it's time to go, the, the belt, I think he wants to come back in September. That, that'll be almost two years. And that's just not fair to the rest of the guys in the division. So if that's the case, you got to strip them and let, let right. the other guys fight. Right. For the let real these time. guys fight. And when Connor uh, decides to come back, and if he decides to come back, then he would get the first crack at the title. Nice. And last thing for me, there's no press release on it, but there was a report that you guys booked a date in Russia in September. What? <laughs> I've been telling you guys for a long time that Russia is a very important market to us, and and I, I I'm kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm kind of uh, I want it. I want it. I want it to happen. So, uh, you know, we're goofing around out there trying to figure out what we can do. Uh, Emil Meek, uh, his future. Can you say anything about about Meek's future? Meek? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's a tough guy, man. He comes to fight. And, uh, you know, going against a guy like Usman, who, who does what he does so well, he looked good tonight. He, he, you know, he fought a good fight. He did his best to try to keep the fight standing and get back to his feet. Um, so yeah, no, I I like the guy. I like guys who come to fight. When will he fight again? He just fought. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> give the give the guy some time off. Question for Why you. you um, yeah. I know you had uh, talked to Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports about having, I believe, meetings in January and February. Of right. Super boxing. Right. Have you had um, your January meeting? No, no. I just got back from vacation a couple days. Ago. Actually. What the fuck? I just got home yesterday, and I flew here. Uh, no, Friday I got home, and I flew here Friday night. Um, and then I go home. It's Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, and then I fly to Boston on Tuesday. So uh, my assistant is getting all those meetings and dialed any, in as we speak. And any timeline, anything new you can tell us as far as Superboxing goes? Just I, I haven't had uh, – well, I did have one meeting. I had one meeting. And, and I'm looking to knock out the rest in, in the next two months here. Thank you. Or a month and a half. Thank you. Last what did you think about the girls fighting tonight? The girls? Um, yeah, the, the, there were some good girls fights. Uh, Irene is super tough, and that, that, that was a great fight. And, uh, Paige yeah, Paige's fight was good, yeah. Is it a broken arm? She, was she said she thinks she has a broken arm, but I, I haven't heard 
any updates on what's wrong. I imagine if the arm was broken, we would probably know by now, but uh, I haven't heard. Do you guys know? Paige Van Zandt's arm? She was transported, but we haven't heard. Yeah, uh, we haven't heard. Cool. Okay, guys. Thank you. That it? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good to see you. Thank you. All right. USC President Dana White dropping the uh, the knowledge. I love the, the – uh, have we released a, a press release on that yet? No? I probably shouldn't talk about it. I love that answer. <laughs> I'm sure the PR team loves it too, man. They got plans. They don't want you breaking the news. It's kind of funny. That's kind of his uh, no-comment confirmation. You know, he's certainly not denying it, but he's saying if the press release isn't out, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. So uh, fun stuff there. But, yeah, harsh words, right? Some of those things I was a little surprised with. Um yeah, weight cutting, man, weight cutting. I don't know the answer. I really don't know the answer, and I don't think many people do. We talked to Tyron Woodley about it um, in that lengthy interview as well. That was part of something that he talked about, and, and he said he you know, he doesn't really have the answer either, and he said it's going to take five to ten years before anything gets done about it. You know, there's a ton of suggestions out there. Um, I was talking to James Krause earlier this week about you know, the cutting weight and, and, the, and the morning weigh-ins. And, you know, a lot of people are saying they don't like the morning weigh-ins. More people are missing weight uh, because of the morning weigh-ins. It's, to me, it's just a scheduling issue. Like, the guys aren't used to it. They're not – they're just – they don't have the routine down. They did one thing for years and years and years and years and years, and now it's different. And, you know, everybody's still trying to get their routine down. And so, you know, I, I think the morning weigh-ins are a good thing. More time for rehydration, I think, is a positive. I really do. Um, I just don't see how you could negatively argue about it. But um, – I don't know what the answer is to weight cutting. It's not same-day weigh-ins. Uh, it's not – I mean, for every theory that I've heard somebody say over the years, I've heard an equal theory for why that doesn't work, you know, what, what, what the argument against it would be. So I've yet to hear a perfect solution. Um, you know, more monitoring of people's weights out of camp might be nice, but again, you're talking about, you know, just the manpower that it would take to do that, to, to manage the whole roster and to know where they're at. It's tough, man. It's tough, but, you know, losing two fights to weight cutting. One, it's a freak injury. Like, I don't know if you can really call Zach Cummings a weight cutting issue. I mean, I guess you do because it happened while he was cutting weight. But, I mean, he could have slipped just taking a shower. But, um, ah, it's tough, man. It is tough. It, it deserves more attention than we can give it right now on a on an and-a-half episode at, you know, nearing 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, speaking of James Krause, did pick up the unanimous decision win over Alex White. The two Missouri boys were going at it. Uh, it had a nice atmosphere. This was a nice way to end the prelims in St. Louis. The the, uh, the Missouri crowd was uh, happy to cheer on uh, their own. James Krause ultimately uh, the, used the quick start to get out. Uh, Alex White's a tough kid, though, man. That dude really is. He's scrappy as hell. Uh, but James Krause picked up the unanimous decision win. Marco Polo Reyes, the one-minute knockout of Matt Frivola. Big, big win for Reyes. Scored him $50,000 as well. Uh, he was pretty excited about the the opportunity that he might get it uh, when we talked to him after the fight and he ended up getting it. He, uh, Polo Reyes, by the way, said he's actually uh, you know excited but um, wants to go down to featherweight, so he wants a little time bef between his next booking, even though he's uh, certainly healthy right now and doing okay. Uh, he wants to take a little bit of time and um, and, and working on dieting and, and, and bringing himself down to 145 pounds and kind of testing that out. So big, big win uh, for him and a big payday as well. So that will probably help him take a little time off and pay for nutritionists to get him down to 145. Irene Aldana picked up a, a decision win over Toledo Bernard. I loved Irene in this fight. This was the Aldana that I thought we would always see coming over. Uh, to the USC from Invicta, striking was there, ferocity was there. You know, she admitted 
that uh, she she's been nervous in her fights. She said, "Listen, man, I've been battling nerves, um, and I and I, I just had to work on that tonight. You know, I had to make sure that I that, you know I, I just believed in myself." Um, believed in my capabilities. You know, you could see uh, just the intensity and the aggression that she brought in there tonight um, that was different than she has in some of her past UFC fights. So um, very, very impressed with Aldana. That's the Aldana I thought we were going to see uh, all along, to be honest with you. Kyung Ho Kang did pick up a submission win over Guido Canetti. Big win here for Kyung Ho Kang as well, coming back from his military service in South Korea, of course. Uh, the same military service that uh, Du Ho Choi is going to have at the end of the year. As a South Korean citizen, you're required to do two years. Uh, as we've learned from our travels over there, uh, they do a pretty good job of identifying people that uh, basically have other uh, talents to help serve. You know, obviously, you know, an, an athlete doing good for your country, it, it helps raise awareness of your country and, and national pride and all that good stuff. So they try not to uh, – people like that, like Korean Zombie, they try not to – you know, stick them out on the front lines anywhere. They try to find a job. So, you know, uh, not uh, not like the guy's returning from, from hard labor, but uh, the guy was gone for two years, and he uh, picked up the triangle choke win here with just seven seconds left in the first round. Uh, Guido Canetti was coming out swinging, man. They were, they were, uh, they were having some fun, and then King uh, was able to lock in the triangle choke on the ground and get the big win there. Uh, good return for him. Uh, Jessica I with a split decision win over Kalindra Fajia. Uh, big, big win for Jessica I. Man, she is, uh, you know, she's been battling through this losing streak and all along. She's tried to stay positive and, um, you know, wait for the flyweight division, basically. And she got in there, and uh, she knew what was at stake. You know, she knew what, what, what needed to happen, and she was able to battle through uh, some early adversity and uh, and, and earn a uh, split decision win over Kalinda Fria. She, she thought it shouldn't have been a split decision. She thought it was clear uh, that, that, that she had won and done enough, but – Nothing Jessica I does is easy, but listen, very emotional afterwards. She was fighting back tears for a little bit, and uh, understandably so, talking about the fact that, yeah, you know, I, I always stay positive on the outside, but on the inside, I've, I've had some very, very difficult times and difficult days. And uh, told a funny story as well, too, about the time she thought she got knocked out by a bird, basically. <laughs> uh, so I figured we'd, we'd play that after a big win for Jessica I, and again, a uh, very emotional win for her. And uh, had a funny story to boot. So what's not what's not to love there? Here's Just Guy. Well, Jess, it's been a long time getting to this point, getting back in the wind column. Give me give me an idea what the emotions like right now. I, I don't even know if it's necessarily just back in the wind column, but um, you know, back at flyweight. You know, it's been a long time. I put on some weight probably I didn't need, um, and now I'm <laughs> lower weight and everything just felt a little bit different. I felt like I. I don't feel like there was ring rust, but like the jitteriness of being in there was a little bit different. You know, it's been probably 16, 17 months since I was in there and at flyweight. So, I don't know, and it's, I'm overwhelmed with feeling right now. I don't know if I want to cry, be happy. I keep biting through my damn lip. I don't know why I keep doing that. I don't even think I'm getting hit. I'm just biting through it. So, I don't know what I need to do about that. Maybe have less lip. I'm not really sure, but. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, along the way, I mean, you've always had great positivity, great determination. But were there moments along the way when this losing streak was that you were having to deal with where you started second-guessing yourself? Again, you know, the reason I think those three men that stand in my crawl time is because you guys see the positive aspect of me, but they are the, the gatekeepers of the negativity, you know. And, and I really beat them up sometimes, and it breaks my heart because they're the most amazing men that I have. You know, I don't have a family anymore. And, there's they're everything to me and they're the ones who 
made this possible. They're the ones who made me believe in myself again. And I believe in myself again because of them. So you guys get to see the positivity, but unfortunately they get to see the negative side of me, but they brought it out of me again. And I'm so thankful for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Fight didn't start out going your way. You get dropped with a head kick early on. I mean, what? Did I get dropped? A little, little off balance. Or... I, on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Did I really? Okay. <laughs> and I went down? Oh, I backed up. My butt wasn't on the ground, though. Oh, come on now. Let's not think about that. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I saw some. You know, you know what's funny? There's actually a funny story that she, um, we had a fellow um, uh, opponent in common named uh, Karina Dame, and who also had kicked me one time in one of the fights. And it was an outside arena, and I thought a bird flew in and hit me. So in between rounds, I go, Marcus. Well, bird just came in and flew and hit me, and he, there was no bird, Jess. That was her foot. You know what I was like, So, yeah, you know, I, I think, again, you know, like, you you get in there sometimes and you're so focused on, and I think that's kind of what happened again, and what we said not to do is let her set up and just like in any fight, and I think, yet again, I sat back, got hit, and then I was like, oh, shit, wait a minute, I got hit. <laughs> Time to turn it on, and maybe that's what, you know, maybe that's what I need. Sometimes you got to get hit to light the fire. You're going through, you know, did you feel you'd done enough to win at the end? I wonder if you felt that, and, and what it was like going through that judge's read, you know, saying, is, is this going to be the win or not? Well, you know, I, I knew that she had gotten a couple hits, you know, in there, but, you know, let, let's face it, um, there's more than just striking that wins fights. So I, I felt like that was the point when I needed to do some submission attempts. Um, I needed to use my wrestling, which I worked so much on my wrestling over the past year and a half. I, I got to grapple with Misha um, back last year in December um, and got to work um, with Robert Follis, who is an amazing person and individual. You know, God, you know, bless his heart and rest his soul. But you know, they, they kind of gave me some ideas on things that I need to practice, so we did. And my, my one striking coach says to me, and what she never says, because he hates that pajama wrestling stuff, um, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing you hit one of those takedowns. So when I saw it, I took it. Nice. Well, you got over this hurdle that you've been wanting to do back in the flyweight division. What's what's next? I mean, is, is time off? Is it stay busy? What's what's next for you? I don't know yet. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see. Let's let's see what happens. You know, I, I think that there was some, you know, things that were back and forth with the page thing. You know, I I just want to see what's next for myself. You know, this flyweight division is still developing. I think that we're we're gonna see more girls settle into this division, and and I can't wait. You know, and we'll just see. Piggyback off that though, you feel comfortable at this flyweight though, and would like to. Stay oh, I was here. always at flyweight. There's believe me, there's no way I could ever make straw weight ever. I mean, I'm not remotely ever close to that. I mean, we kind of talked about it funny a couple times, but there's no way. I mean, I it, those last four pounds are really hard. And I mean, I'm not trying to blow it about myself, but have you ever seen me look any better physically? I don't know if I can. I mean, it really took a lot of work. So a lot of people took um, some emotional abuse from me to get there. So I don't, I don't want to do that to them. I want to, <laughs> is that loud? <laughs> so. The emotions you shared, you're getting choked up a little bit ago. Is that something you were able to use during the fight, training for the fight? How, how did you incorporate that in a, in a positive way? Man, you guys see me smile all the time, but those guys see me cry more times. Sometimes I think that they're like, God damn it, Jessica, stop crying. Get your shit together, you know? And But it's it's them that make me feel the most emotion, you know? And, and because of that emotion, I'm able to release it so that when I go in there, I can be a little bit tougher. And I think seeing my, my coach tell me, you know, right before the fight and seeing that, passion come out of his eyes. Joe, thank you for, for that. Thank you for giving me that passion because 
I felt it, and I felt every bit of it. And, you know, not a lot of you guys can understand what we all go through, and you don't get to really see what goes in the camp. But I put a lot of the work in, but they put in more, way more than I ever can. I mean, they sacrifice their children, their families, you know, their wives, the time away. And, you know, I'm, this fight's here for me this week and next week. You know, my, my wonderful... Champ, you know, Steve Bamosic, the champ, who will continue to be the champ. You know, they, they're leaving their family again for two weeks. You know, that's that's hard. And the sacrifice that's get made for me is something I, I, I can't wait to give back to them one day. J.J. Aldrich, unanimous decision win over Danielle Taylor. J.J. Uh, Aldrich looked incredibly comfortable the other night. Danielle Taylor, ah, oh man, she's so fun to watch. She is so tiny. You know, she needs an atom weight division. I just I don't see the UFC adding an atom weight division anytime soon. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I, I just don't see that one happening. Uh, I, I've never heard them say anything about it. And uh, Danielle Taylor would, would fit well there, man. She's listed at five foot. I don't think she's five foot tall. And, uh, you know, weighed in at 113.5 pounds. She's a pound and a half under. You know she didn't cut a pound and a half under. It's probably just the way she walks around. So, uh, But J.J. Aldridge looked comfortable here. Uh, had some wrestling advantage in the first round, and then um, in, the, in the second, third, she just out outstruck her. So it was uh, it was good. It was it was a good good performance for her. Um, she's uh, certainly getting comfortable, and uh, she had Rose Namajunas in her corner, uh, who uh, who actually came back and talked to us as well as a, she was a guest fighter. Also, uh, Rose still uh, enjoying champ life, and uh, sounds like she's getting ready for the the. Uh, the rematch with Yuna and Jacek sounds like that's kind of the fight that she believes is going to happen, and um, she says she thinks you know people want to see it, and people and I I, I think I agree. I think that's the fight people most want to see right now, and you know Rose said, hey listen, I uh, I'm I'll be ready for it. She tried to bully me one time, it's it didn't work. It's not going to work this time either. So bring it. Uh, so that 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 full interview is also up on uh, on our YouTube page if you want to check that out. Uh, and then the night started out with Mads Brunel picking up a unanimous decision win over Mike Santiago. Mads Brunel um, using uh, his uh, superior wrestling to outgrapple uh, Mike Santiago en route to a victory. Uh, Mads Brunel the, uh, the the lost his <coughs> excuse me lost his debut in the UFC and came back and won this his second fight. So a big win for him. Now the big uh, asterisk here is that he uh, he missed weight. He came in at 150 pounds, and so he had to forfeit 20% of his purse. But this is great. So Mads did not get to come talk to us in the back. He was transported um, to the hospital for precautionary reasons. But the USC always sends out um, scorecards and what they call flash quotes. Basically, the, the PR team uh, gets a quote or two from the winner, and uh, and they send them out so that people can use them for their stories. And uh, this is great. The, the Mads Rennell, uh the veteran move here, if you miss weight, don't say anything about weight. Uh, and in his flash quote, he said, I'm I'm very happy to have my first UFC win. My respect to Santiago. He is a true warrior and it was a tough fight. Wrestling was the key to success tonight. I felt a lot heavier than he did and used that to my advantage. Now that I have my first UFC win, I want to keep improving and I will finish whoever is next for me. Mads. Mads. If you miss weight. Don't tell everybody that you felt way heavier and used it to your advantage. <laughs> I thought that was great, man. And then, you know, I was going to ask him about it and kind of have some fun with it or whatever, but then uh, unfortunately I had to go to the hospital and need to clear that up. So, yeah, that's his quote. He felt way heavier. 
Ah, I thought that was great. Anyway, uh, UFC Fight Night 124 Rare Sunday night uh, with the uh, the Monday holiday day. So hopefully everybody enjoys uh, their Monday off. I am going to uh, pack up now. A little after 3, I need to uh, get going out into the snow, jump on a plane to Chicago, and then from Chicago to Las Vegas. Get home nice and early and uh, hopefully sleep all day. Uh, next week I will be at Bellator 192. I'm going to be staying on the West Coast. Meanwhile, Cole Coffee will be up with uh, Matt Erickson at USC 220 and, of course, uh, the two title fights there. So going to be a very, very busy week of MMA action, and we will have you covered coast to coast because that's how we do. In the meantime, I'm ready to get home. I'm ready to get some sleep. So uh, let me just say thanks for listening. <laughs>